Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Legion podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand, Managing Director of Bright Vision, as well as host of this podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the topic brand voice and consistent content at scale. And we have an expert on this topic with us here today, Justin Blackman, who's what's called a brand ventriloquist. But he is also a very experienced copywriter, have written 100 headlines, for 100 days in a row and have done a lot of stuff, educations, and etc. in uh, these topics. So we're so stoked to have you with us. Welcome to our podcast, Justin. Thanks. It's awesome to be here. Wow. We're so stoked to talk about uh, brand voice and all kinds of things, things which you are really an expert in. And I would like to dive into right directly but before we do that for people who haven't come across you uh, and so forth maybe we can just start with a briefly tell us about who you are and what you're up to and what do you do sure so i uh i started out as a copywriter um i wrote for a lot of people i've written for more than 429 people uh and managed to sound like every one of them um and i the way that i did that is i went well beyond intuition where i was just sort of like feeling what the voice was and guessing Sometimes they didn't work out so well. So I discovered a framework about how to literally measure voice. And I apply that to everyone uh, that I'm writing for. So I'm able to really dial in the nuances and analyze what's, what's there, what's off. Uh, if anything needs to be adjusted, it's not just like, oh, something feels off. I could actually uh, figure out the exact section that's off to correct it. So we know how to move forward. We know how to scale and also with these parameters, we're able to apply the framework for future writers to come in and, and carry that voice forward. Uh, I've written for uh, dozens of brands. I used to work for uh, my, my primary copywriting start was at IHG Hotels, where I wrote for 14 different brands every single day uh, and had to basically rephrase one sentence 14 different ways. So I had to learn how to, how to adjust all that. Uh, I've also gone on to become a, a brand voice expert. Uh, I've written um, brand voice guides for Amy Porterfield, Danny Heine, Stu McLaren, uh, Bobby Klink, uh, a lot of big names in the personal space, as well as a couple of international uh, financial companies and um, B2B brands, tech brands, SaaS brands. So the process really works for everyone. Awesome. So interesting, because that is... <clears throat> That is a hard topic, but before we start with that, you, we just, I just need to ask you about the headline project. What is that all about? <laughs> so that started out sort of as uh, almost a dare. <laughs> um, I was working on my own website and I was working with a mentor and my headline wasn't very good. So she pushed me, she's like, write 10 of them. So I wrote 10 and it still wasn't very good. So she pushed me and she kept pushing me. Eventually, I wound up writing 100 of them for my site. And she's like, wow, you actually did it. Could you do it again? I was like, yeah, probably. Um, we were kind of brainstorming ideas. And I was nobody at this point. I hadn't even landed my first ever client. Um, so we created this project where I would write 100 headlines every day for 100 days, resulting in 10,000 headlines. Um, 
I was sort of too naive to uh, understand how taxing that would be. So I said, yes. <laughs> and, and, and I stuck with it, uh, mostly because people didn't think that I would. So I wanted to prove them wrong. I wound up writing 10,211 headlines for 100 different brands. Uh, and that's really what put me on the map. And I didn't know it, but that was helping me begin to identify the little changes. Like I would write a line for a company and I'd be like, well, that's not right. How do I make this more right? And I was starting to think about brands a little bit differently, um, but it wasn't until I actually formulated the process that everything sort of moved forward. Wow, cool. That's resilience and that's discipline to keep that going for a yeah. day. Was that a full-time job more or less? To, to... No, that, well, I mean, it yes it sort of was um it usually took anywhere from one and a half to two and a half hours each day huh? uh mind you i was also working full-time at this point i had uh two young kids <laughs> um <laughs> and i was also i had a couple of small clients that i picked up along the way uh so i uh i didn't have much of a social life um <laughs> it was not a good use of personal time it's one of those things that I'm glad I did, but uh, I would never do it again. Yeah, a lot of work, of course, but uh, it honed your skills and made you an expert on brand voice. And I suppose, you know, the rest is history. You have been yeah. working as an expert all, all since then. So now we have a lot of frameworks and insights on how to capture the brand voice and so forth. But if you start a little bit from the top there, what is brand voice and why is it so essential to keeping your brand personally alive across the platforms? And why do you think companies and, and organizations pay too little attention to that? Well, not all of them do, but definitely a lot do. A brand voice is basically what makes your brand identifiable when you take the logo off of the page. And it's the way that you approach everything. It's, um, it can balance out voice of customer if, there, it sort of talks to the, it addresses the level that you speak to them at. If they're newer, do you speak to them as sort of like the guide that can bring them forward? Or do you speak to them as sort of like the, uh, the man on the mountain, the, the guru, the ultimate uh, voice of authority that's just showing them this is the way, telling them what the best practice is? Are you more of like a nurturing type of vibe? Are you more do you take out the emotion? Do you just speak facts and just be like three ways to maximize your content? One, two, three. Or uh, are you, you know, sort of being more buddy-buddy and approachable? There's all types of different ways that you can lead and speak to people. And uh, ultimately, you want to get all of your writers on the same page so you can get this idea across and have this match throughout all of your content which is super important because if you speak like super fun and casual in an ad, and then you click and land on a landing page that says, we help you maximize, you know, best in class solutions. It's a total mismatch. The person's like, what happened to that guy? And then they leave. So it's sort of one of these things that when you can be consistent with it, uh, it it's almost like a, it's, it becomes your verbal identity, um, almost, almost as powerful as your brand colors and your logo. Okay, awesome. And you have, you know, imitated 
almost like a you know <laughs> artist all kind of voices and uh, for all kind of brands and personalities and so forth what do you think is what what makes up a good tonality or a good voice what are the ingredients uh, that your method looks into in order to construct a great brand voice I mean, that's completely subjective. It depends on the audience. So what works for one won't necessarily work for another. It depends on your industry. It depends on your, uh, the brand personality. It depends on um, your, your audience. So there's not one best way, um, but ultimately what can help define it and make it better is to really sort of identify the emotions that you want it to convey. Um, some are stoic, which can make someone boring uh, at times and safe, um, but then there's nothing recognizable. Um, some are very nurturing, some are playful, but really it's getting granular and defining the specific emotions that you want. Not just like, oh, we're happy, we're friendly. Friendly is not a brand voice. Uh, I mean, if you look, the average person has like, I think it's 308 friends on Facebook. Many people have thousands. You're going to say that they all sound the same. So if that's a friend, you can't define something with friendly. You have to get really granular as to what that actually means. Um, and just sort of going deeper on the process to figure out the exact specific nuances and tones, um, almost like a brand color. Like, you know, the exact Pantone shade of your logo, but a voice, you just sound, oh, we sound casual. We sound fun. We sound friendly doesn't mean anything. You need to identify what's the equivalent of the Pantone color of the, of, of the, the emotion and the tones um, in order to specifically match the audience. Ah, uh, interesting. So that's so cool. So when you help construct these things, how do you go about, where do you start and what do you look for in order to uh, extrapolate and and make a more granular tone voice uh, voice of tone or brand voice come about so it really comes down to three things and this is uh basically identifying what your voice is and if we measure it and we really get gritty the the voice is three things it's the vocabulary which is the level of uh the level of words that you're using is it saying like we use or we utilize? <laughs> is, it, is it using complex language? Is it offering best-in-class solutions or is it offering a new fix? You know, sort of the saying the same things, but bigger, longer words, or are we keeping it basic and simple? So we literally measure the level of your vocabulary. Then there's the tones, which are the emotions. And I was sort of talking about this before. Um, you could say that we're happy, but does that mean that we are giddy and sprightly or boisterous and like over the top and bouncing off the walls? Or does that just mean that we're content? You know, there's those both mean happy. So we need to dial in those levels. So there's your vocabulary and there's tone. And then there's the cadence, which is the rhythm of your writing. Do you write short or do you write long, flowy, wordy bird sentences that go on and on forever and paint vivid details and use tons and tons of commas and you have to take a breath before you actually finish the sentence or somewhere in between? So the cadence is the rhythm of your writing. Um, my, so there's vocabulary, tone, and cadence, and that's sort of the framework that we teach. My personal version of this is the brand ventriloquist framework, which is words, tone, and frequency, which is the, the WTF model, um, which is really neat. <laughs> right. It's fun. That's me playing with vocabulary. 
Yeah. So rather than vocabulary, tone, and cadence, which is sort of more mathematical and scientific, mine's WTF. <laughs> so you see how that those change in just the words can come up with something silly, which then makes it my own and more memorable. Exactly. That's brand voice. It That's sticks. It yeah. Yeah, it sticks. And uh, and I like that, that as you wrote on the web page that, you know, you can help companies become less Ross, more like Joey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I suppose that's exactly what you're doing there with WTF concept. Yeah. But even that, it's like the, so a lot of brands like to use GIFs and memes and things like that. I use more Gen X type, type based uh, type of images. Like Friends, Friends is 20 years old. Um, you know, I'm 45. So it's, I, I write to Gen X. That's, I mean, I tend to attract people that, that understand those references. If you are suit and tie and never want to reveal your persona, um, that line is not going to measure you, but that it's also going to show that I'm not the right person for you. So I, by putting in a friend's reference, it sort of shows who I am and the type of stuff that I use, um, the type of references that I make. And I use that sort of nostalgia to build my brand. Do you work as a sales, marketing, or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing, and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. Have you seen any trends from, you know, uh, as a marketeer who want to drive results and increase revenue and all kind of these things that we have OKRs and KPIs and goals on and so forth? How should I think, you know, should I think that, should I try to find the most growth driving brand voice or should I try to find the most authentic one and that's the one who drives the revenue the most or should i try to find a positioning in the market comparing to my competitors and try to be different you know because i've also had discussions with others who's you know really pointing out the essence of having a point of uh, view or you know it's different marketing frameworks that i need to put this brand voice in in place together with so what's your take on that how should i try to think about this together with the other things I need to achieve as well? <laughs> it really depends on your values. Um, if you are a values-led uh, values brand, sometimes you want to, to tell that backstory. Um, if you're strictly competing on price, sometimes you don't need that backstory. And you're like, hey, we well, like so-and-so, but cheaper. Um, <laughs> you know, that could also be a race to the bottom sometimes, but um, it just really depends on what your goals are. Uh, if you're looking to make more of a personal connection, sometimes voice is the way to stand out. Uh, if you're looking to segment your audience to the most aware, like I know a lot of software companies speak to engineers and they're copy, like, if I read their website, I've been asked to write for sites and be like, I don't know what you do. Um, sometimes they're like, well, that's the problem. We need this to be understood by the people that are making decisions. Or sometimes there's, they say that that's deliberate. We don't want people we're not for everybody. We are for the most sophisticated, um, highest level of consumer that has a very specific problem. So 
there's really not one best answer, but it's important to understand what your voice is actually doing and who it's appealing to. Yeah, yeah. And as I say, if you do it right, it sticks and it becomes better. I'd also heard that from somebody who who um, who have uh, gone through a uh, venture capital round. We've been pitching a lot. And yeah. one of the conclusions is that today, in order to catch somebody's attention, you really need to be short, almost so you can, you know, almost as writing for a five-year-old or something like that. Yes. And not because it's stupid people in the room. On the contrary, it's very smart and experienced people many times. But your attention span that you have with them is like 15 seconds, and then they move on in their minds, you know. So, bam, you need to be there and be really tight. And, and uh, so I think we overcomplicate a lot of things when we do write about ourselves or our concepts or products and things like that. So I think that's a common problem, especially in the B2B sector. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, but how have you helped anybody who, who have come from a complicated setup with a lot of, you know, features and benefits or, you know, whatever, and try to convert that into something personal, warm brand voice that connects to another dimension, so to say? Yeah, uh, for sure. I was working with a finance company and they were writing to people that were pretty well aware of how financial exchange uh, worked, but they realized that there was a huge area of growth and opportunity for people that didn't know how it worked. And they're like, well, we've got, prog- we've got programs and, um, and opportunities for really experienced traders. And we also have a huge suite of software for, for newbies to, to try it out. And the problem was they weren't getting any newbies. So they're like, well, you know, we've invested all of this time and money into this, uh, into this software, but nobody's trying it. How do we do this? So we really got very basic with, with the copy. And we created different paths for people to come down and identify how the content could be split. And like, you can go on the page and, you know, I'm going to protect some IP, so I'm not going to use the exact language, but it's like, um, you can click like I'm making my first trade or I want to upgrade my, uh, my tech stock portfolio, you know, things like that. So the language completely changed. And throughout the process, as you went uh, more through their funnel, it got more complex. So we didn't abandon their original voice, but we created a new voice for a separate uh, market segment and evolved it. And we trained them on the terminology that used to exist on their homepage. Um, and now made it sort of deeper into the, uh, into the, into the funnel. So that's a great example. And, and is that the process you would recommend B2B marketeers sitting there looking at their text and realize, wow, this is lengthy. It's complex. It's boring. <laughs> what should we do? You know, to, to start working on their brand voice and then refine or, or try to bring out their brand voice with your process there. Maybe they can yeah. get your help on it, but also then revise and try to rewrite uh, based on that brand persona or how, how, what's the process like when it works well? So there's different choices that you need to make. Are you writing, if you're writing to a CMO, are you writing to his title? Are you writing to the the chief marketing officer of a fortune 500 companies, or are you writing to Bob? Are you writing to the person? Or are you writing to his title? Usually Bob wants to read 
what's about what's good for Bob. Um, he cares about himself more than the company. We are selfish by nature, and that's important to do. Can you help Bob make his job easier? Write that. <laughs> Write to Bob as opposed to dear Mr. or Mrs. CMO of Fortune 500 company. Uh, I have this new innovative solution that is guaranteed to uh, save you time and money. Hey, Bob, you want to make your uh, email automations easier? Yeah. You know, Bob uh, wants to make email automations earlier. Or, or Susan, or, uh, you know, <laughs> let's be PC. There's, there's absolutely women in these roles too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the first recommendation. It's usually better to, work, to write to Bob than, yeah. than the title or the by persona in generics, I'd say. Yeah, don't write to the CMO, write to BOB. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's good. Okay, yeah. More decisions you think every company should think about before they define their buyer uh, brand, brand voice? It's stuff to think about. Um, I don't know that that's actually a decision, but it's something to keep in mind. And, you know, a lot of people will say like, well, our audience is smart and sophisticated. Uh, we need to respect their intelligence. You respect their intelligence by making your words easier to read. You respect their time. If they're smart, they're too smart to read something that's overwritten. Now, there's a reason why more people read Dan Brown novels than Shakespeare these days. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You need to interpret that. You need to burn calories to understand what Shakespeare is saying. Yeah. Dan Brown novels you can read in, you know, in three hours. <laughs> exactly. Okay. That's great. So it's never, ever uh, a mistake to be brief and to the point and try to use a language that actually is understandable rather than going you know, too complex. I, I, I've never um, been told, wow, this copy is too easy to read. Can you make it more difficult? <laughs> I've never that's, said that. I've never heard it. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, point. I, I think a lot of people makes mistake there and think yeah. it's, you know, it's okay. It's, you know, using some acronyms here. It's professionals reading this stuff, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And, pretty soon you're having quite complex text <laughs> there's a reason why most adults can still quote dr seuss books it's easy it's memorable it gets stuck in your head yeah yeah, yeah that's cool okay so that's so awesome so um what is what is the hardest part is it to keep it alive or what is it with keeping a consistent brand voice even if you have put in a lot of effort now now we have the definitions you have you know what constitutes our brand voice and now we need to get it into play and you know been executing in emails in marketing materials in websites etc social media how do you get that to happen or, or where do you where do most companies go wrong in these uh, processes? I'm going to put on my copywriter hat here and get a little ranty. Um, <laughs> the fact is most brand voice guides are written by marketers to appease other marketers, but yeah. marketers aren't the ones who are writing the copy. Copywriters are, yeah. and you're not giving them enough guidelines to get specific. If you're telling them that your avatar is um, your, uh, it's like your friendly neighbor. And now you can might think of um, Nancy, the, the lady who always brings you banana bread um, and is constantly baking muffins. I'm thinking of James, the guy who I drink whiskey with every Thursday. So which is it? 
<laughs> your friendly yeah. neighbor is it can be anyone across the board and the 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 chances of the writer and the marketer plus anyone else who is approving the copy thinking of the exact same person is highly unlikely it's there's almost no chance and the problem is everyone's going to have an opinion on the copy and everyone's going to be right so you need to get specific you need to get granular you need to define the exact levels of vocabulary tones and frequencies that uh, and cadences that um, that that friendly neighbor sound, sounds like. What exactly do they do? You can't be general with it. You can't tell the writer to write in the color blue. You have to tell them write in Pantone color six M four three. I don't know what the colors are, but <laughs> whatever that is, you need to get specific. That's the way that your content can scale consistently without it sounding sort of disjointed and confusing to the customer. Wow, that's a good, that's the nuggets right there. That's great, Justin, to hear. And uh, yeah, so, uh, so write for copywriters and be granular and give them a chance to actually find that brand voice and not only have uh, broad spectrum avatars or, or buy personas. I like that, I like that a lot. And, and I suppose that's uh, that's a lot of work, of course, to get it done. But uh, when you have to get that done, I suppose it pays off. <laughs> yeah, like my brand voice guides are anywhere from seventy to one hundred pages long. Uh, some are even longer. And now marketers will be like, "This is too long. No one's going to read this. I don't want to read this." And that's fine. They don't have to. It's like handing someone a dictionary. I'm not asking you to read the dictionary. It's there as a reference. Uh, every writer that I've spoken to has, who's gotten one of my, my voice guides loves it. They're like, thank you. Now I know exactly what to do. And if I have any questions, I know where to go. You're not supposed to read it all at once. It's like you wouldn't read the entire encyclopedia. It's just there as a reference. So you know how to put the parameters around it and how to scale it. Awesome. That's so cool. So that's uh, how you can reference it uh, if you're writing a copy brief for a product, something like that, you can just reference it to the right side and, and give examples, of course. That that yeah. would probably, yeah, that speeds things up for a lot of marketeers as well. So yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's just a perfect reference guide. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, for, for a company who, you know, think, uh, haven't thought about brand voice or, or is in the early stages of this journey to become more aware about how to cultivate your brand voice or to find it and so forth. What would you say is the starting point on that journey? Where should they, uh, should they, uh, you know, <laughs> start out? Which meeting should they call and, and so forth? <laughs> uh, you know, what really does help is to find brands that you don't like. Because usually everyone's agreed on that. Uh, too aggressive, too friendly, too masculine, too feminine, too snarky, too silly. Um, by figuring out what you don't like, Sometimes it's easier to figure out what you do like. It pushes you in, a, in the right direction. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to just sort of like, well, I don't know what I like. I kind of like this. I sort of like that. And then you're trying to emulate that certain thing. By being repelled from things that you don't like, it tends to put you in the, in the right direction. Yeah. Oh, that's a good tip. Do you have an example where you felt that, boy, we nailed it. Now we have this perfect and uh, it's stuck with the audience and so forth. Have you ever come across a feeling like that where you have uh, either worked with a client or, or have 
seen a client or, or other company uh, succeed with their brand voice in that way? Uh, we get into some IP and some secrets here, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, well, uh, here's one for instance. Um, Bobby Klink is a, uh, he's a Harvard lawyer turned online marketer. Okay. And he had this sort of, um, he had a buttoned up image that he sort of like one day is like, you know what, I'm taking off the tie and I'm just going to be me. And we had to figure out what this was because everyone says that he's really snarky and that he's funny and that he can kind of be a little mean sometimes. Um, he's sort of mischievous. Um, so we had to do a brand voice for him. And the key word that kept coming up, uh, not that people have said, but the way that we define the way that he approached humor is rascally. And it's not a common word, but it essentially means someone that like kind of does something that's a little inappropriate, but never, but still a little benign. He's never going to hurt you. He's just going to sort of like fool you, but not make you feel bad, not make you feel embarrassed. And this was a challenge, but that word nailed it because it, a writer could easily be like, oh, he's snarky. All right, I'm going to make jokes about people. He never makes fun of the audience. He's joking with them. He's never laughing at them. Um, he's never aggressive with it. Uh, but even like just sort of defining that word as rascally. Um, people that I've kind of spoken to have been like, yeah, that, that works. Oh, wow. Cool. And that, I suppose, could be uh, very helpful for him. And, you know, all the communication going out from there, so much easier. So awesome. Great yeah. to hear. Well, thank you so much for your time, Justin. I know you're a busy guy. You're uh, running your own agency, a pretty fly. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so forth. So as a parting question there, for people who would love to take part of not only your headline contest results there, uh, but also other content pieces you do and so forth, can you give a little bit of uh, you know guidance where we can... Uh, some people and where you can read more about you and your your ideas about brand voice yeah so if you go to prettyflycopy.com slash voice you can download the framework the wtf framework uh, and it's going to give you three free tools to actually measure the uh, words tone and frequency or vocabulary tone and cadence to uh, start putting parameters around your voice uh, and help you identifying um, where and uh, how to show up awesome well, thank you so much for your time, Justin. I wish you all the best in your future endeavors and uh, all the ways. I hope we can see a new uh, a new contest, but maybe not a hundred a day, maybe two a day. <laughs> that sounds that. doable. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.